Shelby Christian. Thanks for joining us for worship today. My name is Ashley, and here's what's happening on the Hill. If you're a first-time guest or new to Shelby Christian, we want to know you to know about our I'm New wall. We have a team of friendly faces ready to meet you in our lobby. We want to get to know you and give you a gift for attending. This week, many will be celebrating Mother's Day, and we know that can be a time of joy and thanksgiving, but for many, it can be a tough time. We are honoring all women this month as we make a donation to a local ministry, a Loving Choice Pregnancy Center. Today, after service, one of our missions partner is having a bake sale in our lobby to support their next trip to the Dominican Republic. Stop by, grab a sweet treat, and find out more about their ministry. Next week is Student Takeover Week. As we focus our attention to our students as they graduate and turn the page to their next chapter, our student pastor, Ray Brewer, will be bringing the message. If you have a student graduating from high school or college, please provide that information today or as soon as possible to be a part of those announcements. We're celebrating some baptisms that happened this past week on the Hill. Let's rejoice with them. Let's get ready to worship as we stand and sing. They were both named Nevaeh, which somebody told me that was heaven spelled backwards, which is awesome. So big, big hand clap of praise for those baptisms. If you're a mother out there this morning, can you just wave at me? just want to give you a big hand clap of praise. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. We're going to just worship the Lord. This song that we're doing is a new song, and it's called Take You at Your Word. So help us out. Come on, put your hands together like this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your way is the only way for it's a narrow road that leads to life, but I want to be on it. It's a narrow road, but the mercy is wide, because you're good on your promise. And I take you at your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you started your And the chaos fell in line And I know Cause I've seen it in my life It's a narrow road That leads to life But I don't want to be on it If you said it, I'll believe it. 
I'm Bobby Woods, discipleship pastor at Shelby Christian. And this morning for communion, remind you we have the communion stations all over the room uh, with a little piece of bread and some juice on top. And also have the, communion, the offering boxes there for those of you that continue to help support our ministry here. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to it for God. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before you eat and drink the cup. For you eat and drink of the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And we take communion here every Sunday morning, and that's an awesome thing. But I think sometimes we just get caught into the routine, and we don't really think about every moment. So as you sit there this morning before you take your communion, I pray that you will go to the Lord in prayer. You will ask him to point out any kind of sin in your life that needs forgiven. If you have something against your brother, it's time to go and make that right. But most of all, we never come to the Lord's table unworthily. So examine your hearts this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we would just pray, like the song we just sang, that your Holy Spirit would just fall upon this place. Like a flood, like a fire. Father, that you would just come into this place. Father, that you would continue to anoint the worship team and Pastor Dave and Kim as they come this morning and share with us your message. Lord, we realize how much you love us because you gave us your son. And that love is never ending. So, Father, we just tune into that love this morning. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
our songs were really prayers. The song they were singing is a beautiful prayer that basically just proclaims God's faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Oh 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You can be seated. Wow. 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 Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, And we just want to honor, honor all of our ladies today. Not just the moms, all of our ladies. We can't do, we can't do what we do uh, as families and at home. uh, And we can't do what we do as a church without our ladies. And so we honor you. There has been a gift made to a Loving Choice Pregnancy Center uh, in honor of all of our women uh, for Mother's Day weekend. And uh, we just love that. And we also support that ministry. And so as you leave today, uh, out in the lobby, grab you one of these. They collect change really well. You can fill it up. If you fill it up, we're going to do it until Father's Day. So like if you get one of these little ones, you can fill it up multiple times. Just bring it and drop it in the white, you know, just pour it out in the white bucket and go fill it up again, okay? Also, between now and Father's Day, any gifts you put in the white bucket are going to go to ALC because we want to support that ministry and keep it moving forward. And just so you know how much difference a little change makes, you know, we just finished doing that thing for Core Foundation around Easter and the little egg cartons, and we collected right at $4,400 worth of change. Uh, And... They, when we said that, I, the course sent me a thing back. That bought around 22,000 eggs that went to kids in Haiti to help uh, with their protein deficiencies and to improve that. And so let's do it again. Let's do it again. So let, from between now and Father's Day, changing baby bottles, it goes to ALC. We're starting a brand new series today. Brand new series about the life of Samuel. Uh, and an incredible, incredible journey and story uh, in the Old Testament. You can get there. In fact, get your Bibles out or get one other seat and go ahead and turn to the book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to be in chapters 1 and 2 today. And I'll explain to you in a minute. It's just like a story. It's, a, it's like an epic motion picture that we want you to get in your mind. But it, it focuses a lot on, a lot on an incredible mother. And what the job that Hannah did and as she prayed for Samuel. And and so here's what the deal is today. This is just a story. It's not as much a sermon. It's just painting a picture and painting a story to get us set up for this whole series we're in. And about a decade ago, after preaching on Mother's Day for about a decade or so, I realized I don't have a clue about being a mom. (laughs) Didn't make any sense. More and more I thought about it. But I know somebody who does, and for 37 years almost, uh, we've partnered in this together. And so I asked Kim to start sharing with me on Mother's Day so that we could have a woman's perspective as we talk about this. And today, especially since it's a story, those of you who know Kim know that (laughs) there's a little animation that's going to come in the next few minutes. And she is a far, far, far better storyteller than I am. So she's going to paint a picture for you of this life, of how Samuel's life started and the wonderful life of Hannah, his mom. And so what we want to do is just focus on one word. And Kim's going to explain that in just a minute. I want you to get this word in your mind and hold on to it. It's the word, meanwhile. It actually shows up in this text. But just think of this as an epic motion picture titled Meanwhile. And Kim's going to introduce you to the characters and the plot line. And so let's just dive into this. First Samuel 1 and 2, Meanwhile. Good morning. 
I can't sit, so I'm going to stand up. Hey, my name is Kim, just like you said, and um, I just want to share with you, um, first and foremost, is that me? No, that's me. Okay. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Thanks, honey, even if it was me. So I don't know if you can, you can't see this, but it's it's up here on the um, on the screen for you. This is a necklace that um, I don't know if you all have ever gone through a season where you just you're just like, uh, what just happened, um, and how do we get out of this? And it's not just today; it's like today, and then the next hour, and then the next day. Anyone? that you've just had that happen? Well, we had a season of like uh, that in our family. In about 2010, 11, it was right in the middle of it. And we went to a convention, the North American Christian Convention. And they had a women's area and they were uh, allowing us to make necklaces. So you could pick your chain, pick your frame, pick the little uh, card that's in the middle. So I go down and there are these tables that are just covered with these little squares. So you need to know that like I get a tick if I just open up Pinterest. Because I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I feel like a little T-Rex up here. I can't do it. Um, it just makes me... I, I can't. So I see all these things and I'm thinking, I wanted to make a necklace, but Lord, I can't pick this. I can't even look at these tables. So I went into a little hallway and I prayed, Lord, I'd love to do this. Would you pick, would you pick my square? Would you pick the one that you want in my, in my necklace? So I go back in there and my eyes immediately go to this one. I, I tried to look other places. No, my eyes would not move from this. And it is the picture of a storm. And it says, meanwhile... So I come back and I start looking and the word meanwhile is in scripture. Thank you, Jesus. And so we looking at, that's what we're going to look at today. While there's a storm going on, and I'm sure you all have a storm going on right now, some sort of storm, I want you to just keep in mind as we tell this story, meanwhile, God is always working. He is always working. He's never unaware of your storm. So what we want to do this morning, we're going to look 1 Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2. The Bible is incredible. It is inspired by God. And when we say story, I need you to know that we're not talking about like a fairy story. Everything that's in here is true. So while we're going to talk to you a little bit as story, um, this is not story. This is not made up. These are real people. These are people that lived lives just like we did. So we're going to get to meet the characters in this story this morning. Because we, do any of y'all do IMDb when you're checking out a movie? Anybody? So here's what I know. I'm not going to a movie if I don't know the ending. So I will, <laughs> I really won't. True. So if there's a movie, I'm going to read every bit of it. I'm going to read the summary. I'm going to read the spoilers. I'm going to find out from my friends, have you seen this? And does that gladiator die? And then that friend says, oh, but he wants to. And I said, I don't care if he wanted to. It's not a good ending. I'm not going. So that's what I do. So I want to give you just the ending already. It has a great ending. And it's got long-lasting impact. Okay? So as we're looking at these characters, it's got all the things that you want. We've got background. We've got backstory. We've got conflict. We've got... Um, we're going to have some resolution. We're going to have long-term. Because this is a prequel. This is just a prequel. So are you ready? We're going to look at some characters in this, these two chapters. So we have them just in the beginning, and we're going to meet a husband named Elkanah. We're going to meet Hannah, the wife, who is hurting and heartbroken. We're going to meet Penina. Yes, that was her name. And you might listen to it in a different thing. You might pronounce it differently today. She's Penina. Um, Eli, an elderly priest. Hophni and Phineas are his 
sons, and then we will meet Samuel. So we're going to look here in just chapter 1, and we're just going to read the first three verses and get some, get some background, okay? So here we go. There was a certain man, Alcana, gives a little history of Alcana in there in the dot, dot, dots, an Ephraimite. Oh, he had, say it with me, two wives. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrificed to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Now, here's what we need to know here. Elkanah was actually a Levite who lived in um, Ephraim, and he was a faithful man. Now, this is the end of Judges in the Bible, so we've had some ups and downs with how people have followed followed the Lord and... We need a good leader, and so that's the time period. And uh, Elkanah is a Levite who is faithful. So he's going to travel up to Shiloh to worship at least three times a year, and his family's going to go with him sometimes. So we need to then look at, I said he's faithful, right? So why does Elkanah have two wives? Mm -hmm. Hmm, That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So in that culture, in that culture, um, having someone to carry on your lineage was powerful because the land of Israel had been divided up during to the tribes so they God wanted it to continue so God did not ordain two wives in the in the beginning he created man woman one marriage that's how he created but the culture um, allowed them to do this they did do it and I want you to know that just because it's written in scripture does not mean God actually condoned it we are sometimes getting just a record of what happened and I do want you to know that um, there's always fallout. There's always consequences when these things happen. And so I just want you to understand that. Halcana was a faithful man, um, but he did have this going on in his life. So we also see that Penina had children. And so I just want to say this to all of the women in our audience today. Um, Mother's Day can be a very sweet day. But it can also be a very sad day. So we want to be aware of that. Um, We have some who've had a wonderful mother and she's not with you now. And so there's a sadness. But we praise God that you had a great mom. You have some that had a mom that didn't give you the blessing that maybe she could have. And there's a sadness. Um, So we pray that you would have a woman mentor in your life who can mother you. We have women here who um, haven't had children who want children. And so we pray for you that God would comfort you. Hannah's going to help you with that. Um, We know that there are women who have had children and now they don't or they have bad relationship. We understand that and Hannah can help with how do we deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some young women in here and let me just say my kids survived and I did not have any, I didn't even babysit before I had a child. So I just want to give you people hope that that it'll work because I didn't even babysit before I had a kid, did I? Oh shoot, it was was interesting. Um, And so, so we did not do these things perfectly. So I want to say that right up front. We, we speak to ourselves. We didn't do this perfectly. We don't have it down, but the scripture does. So That's we're right. going to learn from Hannah. Right. So we have these, we have this. We're already seeing that there's some conflict in this story. Do you see the story, uh, the conflict? We have two wives. One has children, one doesn't. So let's look here at what happens next in verses 1, 4 through 7. So whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. 
Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and could not eat. Hmm. Has Does anybody in here have a toxic person in your life? Don't raise your hand. But I'm guessing we all have that toxic person in our life that just makes our life a little difficult, right? Um, If you do, I I don't want to um, say that they're not toxic. I do want to encourage everyone to listen to C.S. Lewis, The Trouble with X. It will give you some perspective on that perhaps. But what I want you to understand is... Um, what we see here, we can dig into the scripture and see that there was possibility that when they're at home, Penina and Hannah had a little distance. Because we noticed that the provoking went on when they were doing something. Have you ever been doing a right thing and Satan just seems to bring some kind of trip up kind of thing? Well, that's a little what we've got here. And we also have Penina who seemed to be, uh, do anybody see Mean Girls? Um, well, without Jesus, Mean Girls turn into Mean Women. Just saying. So this is what we have with Penina. She's agitating. She's an, she's our antagonist in this movie, in this story. She's the antagonist. She's after Hannah. And Hannah um, seems to have been just a maybe a laid back, um, but definitely a sweet, faithful woman. And this was hurtful to her. Have you all been hurt by someone, what they've said or what they've done? Anybody that you've, you've been hurt. Sticks and stones and break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Lie. Big fat lie. Um, that's just a lie from Satan. Because words do hurt. Um, and we're going to be judged for those words. So I want to just mention that. So what I want to tell you is that um, this was real. So as you're listening, you can have that person in your life that deals with that. So she has Elkanah. He loved her. And let's look. Elkanah is going to attempt to comfort her. Let's see how he does that. So her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? How sweet of Elkanah. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to comfort her. Elkanah loves her. He loves her. But guys, please don't be offended here. But sometimes, you know, we don't. Say, we try so hard. I know hard. you do. And he was trying. He was trying so hard. But he did not understand the need that Hannah had. And so we want to give old Elkanah some powerful kudos right there. That he was doing his best. But here's what we want to learn from Hannah in this moment. She has a rival who is taunting her, provoking her, irritating her. Do you know what Hannah did not do? She did not retaliate. Hannah did not go. She didn't go tell all her buddies and she didn't go and get up, you know, somebody so we can be against Penina. She did not do that. She didn't retaliate. She didn't try to get revenge. And then she has her Elkanah who came to her and she didn't um, just uh, come back at him. She didn't blame him. She didn't um, find a way to somehow make him feel bad for what he was doing. But let's let's look um, because... There are some things that are acceptable and some things that aren't. When you're dealing with something that's difficult, it is acceptable to have a sense of um, anger, hurt, outrage. That's very normal. It allows you to know there's something not right. What's not acceptable are those things I just mentioned. We are not supposed to retaliate, try to get revenge, talk about them, um, those kind of things. So let's see what Hannah did. She stayed at the table and then let's see, she went to the temple... She went to where the tabernacle was. 
And it says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord. She was weeping bitterly and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Do you see what Hannah did there? She took her pain and she poured it out in prayer. So my question this morning for you all is, what do you do with your pain? Do you pour it out? Do you pour it on someone? Where do you take your pain? We all have it. So where do you take your pain? So Hannah's already teaching us what to do when we're struggling with people, when we're struggling with a situation that we don't understand and we don't have what we want. So she's showing us what to do. The other thing that I've found that we like to do when we're praying is bargain. Hmm. Now, again, no hands, but I'm wondering how many of you all have ever said a prayer and said, Oh, God, if you will, then I will. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like interaction. You yep. can say yes, because we, we've all done it. We've said, God, if you'll do this, then I'll never do this again or, or whatever. So what we want to look at, we want to watch how Hannah um, continues on with this with her faithfulness. So she goes into the temple and the next thing we see here is that she came away with peace. So let's see what happens in the temple. Says Eli, who was the priest, he was there. He said, he watched her praying. He thought she was drunk. She told him the whole story. She told him the situation. Eli answered, he said, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Here's the thing. Did Hannah in that moment have any idea how God was going to answer her prayer? She had no idea. Hannah did not have an idea. Sometimes Abraham and Sarah, some of the other moms in the past who haven't had kids, God has given them a promise that you're going to have it. Hannah didn't have that. But look what she did. She took her pain to the Lord in prayer. And she came away from the presence of the Lord with peace. She came away with peace. That's God's desire for you. Did you know it says in Philippians, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, you present those to the Lord and he will give you a peace that passes understanding. Who wants it? Yes. Come on, bring me some. Yes, Lord, he gives us the answer. So she leaves, although she did not have any guarantee at that moment that she was that this was going to happen but she left with peace so let's see what happens next because God granted her request so in the course of time Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son she named him Samuel here's our first introduction to Samuel she says because I asked the Lord for him so she gives God the acknowledgement that this child even though it was conceived in the natural way um, she gave praise to the Lord that he gave Samuel to her. So now let's watch what Hannah does because she has gotten what she asked, okay? So um, she's got her baby and it says, when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, 
Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. And her husband said, do what seems best to you. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home, nursed her son until she had weaned him. Um, weaning a, a child in that time, would he would probably have been three. So she stayed at home for about three years with Samuel and took care of him and nursed him and nurtured him and taught him. Um, and what I want you to see here, remember we're talking about Elkanah as a faithful husband. So this is teaching for men and women, husbands, wives, moms, dads. You know what's in- incredible here is that Elkanah, based on some of the previous instructions from the Lord, he could have contradicted her vow. And he could have said, um, you know, we're keeping this. We're keeping him. Um, you know, she'd made the vow to the Lord. But you know what? He, he, um, he supported her. He encouraged her to keep her vow, to keep her commitment to the Lord. Wow, y'all, that's big. Because when one, one spouse gets called, oh, we both get calmed. Or, you know, that's, some, that's sometimes how it is. Um, so we're going to look at this. So she stayed home. She's being faithful. But then let's see what happens. He supports her. He honors her vow. And in the meanwhile, let's see what Hannah does. Because she's getting ready to praise the Lord in a time when I think we would find it extremely difficult to do it. So let's see. So in verse 24, he says, After he was weaned, she took the boy with her and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And she says... I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. I'm thinking we've probably all seen this one. Have you seen this like on plaques and a lot of times when someone's expecting and you'll give it to him for this child I have prayed. You've seen this. So this is a powerful thing that Hannah has. So let's see what she does next. In the meanwhile, this is what Hannah does. She's taking her son, her three-year-old son, and she's going to leave him She's going to leave him with Eli at the temple or the tabernacle in Shiloh. That's what she's been begging for this child. And now she has it and she's going to do this. And this is what Anna does. What would we maybe do? Would we, would we complain and whine and, and be, yes, yes, I'm telling you we would. I know me. I, and I, I, think, I think it's important for me to interject here. Do not leave your three-year-olds here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you made that vow at some time, would you come up later and let us know so we can work with you on that? Um, but this is what Hannah does. This is chapter two. This is the climax of this story. This is the climax because it's just like the climax in the New Testament when Jesus goes into the garden and he's praying and saying, God, if you can take this cup from me, that's the climax when he says, not my will but yours. So here we have the climax for Hannah. And Hannah prays, and it's a long, beautiful song, poem. It says, then Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. See, she didn't do it. He did it. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. This is Hannah praising the Lord when she's leaving the son she prayed for with Eli at the temple. Can you even get your head there what that's like? I can't. I can't. When we think about that, it's so difficult. But she did it. 
And she continues to honor the Lord. And we can see what she does after she said her praise. And she's going to continue to honor the Lord. It says, then Elkanah went home to Ramah. But the boy, and, and Hannah did also. But the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Now that's important. We may not talk about it today, but it's important if you read the scripture. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. And then what does it say? And then they went home. They does not include Samuel. So every year. Now I think sometimes what we would do is we would pray for our little boy and we would, but how hard would it be to go back every time and leave him every time? Would that be difficult? That would be so difficult, but she's faithful to the Lord. And so all years, you know, she's making his little robe as he grows and she goes, and then she goes home. Wow. Y'all, this is so huge. Hannah is teaching us how to parent in the middle of this. So look, we've got the climax. We've got some resolution in that Hannah had her baby and now she's fulfilled her vow. But we want to look at some contrasts because we got some shady characters. Because this is a movie that we're talking about. It's not really a movie. But we've got some shady characters. Do you want to meet them? Okay, let's meet, let's meet our shady characters. So we have Eli's sons, and then we're going to compare with Samuel and how, what they look like. What does it say about Eli's sons? Scoundrels, wicked, not good guys. Not, you don't want them for your best friend. The, you can read in here the things they did. It was terrible, and they were sinning against God. Not only were they sinning against other people, but they were sinning against God. They're scoundrels. And then we have meanwhile... There's our word. We could have used it multiple times, but this is where it shows up in Scripture. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Ah, praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, for this contrast. So when we look at the parenting, look at, let's look at what's different in the, in the parenting here of Eli and his sons and Hannah and Elkanah and Samuel. This is in verses um, 2, 29 and 128. So um, a man, uh, Eli finds out about it and he goes to talk to his, um, his, his sons and they don't listen. They don't listen to him. So then um, uh, God sends a prophet to come and talk to him and he's rebuking Eli. And so this is what he says to Eli. He says, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Now this is God. God is speaking through this man to Eli. He says, why do you honor your son's more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. Now, y'all, this is hard to listen to. This is hard because in our culture, you know, we tend to make our children the center of our universe. Um, and, and our kids are a blessing and our kids are, are incredible and we love our kids. But if we teach them that they are the center of the universe, they will be so disappointed because I don't know, spoiler, they're not, they're not, they're not the center of the universe. They're not the center. There is a center, but it's not our kids. So while we love them, we train them, we praise them, we encourage them, we support them, we do all of those things. Please, please, please be aware that you're not honoring your children above the Lord. 
okay? The, the Lord comes first, and he'll help you parent. He'll help you do what you need to do, but we don't want to do that. Now, let's see. I want to, we're going we're gonna to backtrack just a little bit. Remember, um, Hannah said that prayer, and she said, I prayed for, for this child I have prayed. You know, we pick, play a game called pick a verse a lot of times. And so we love that verse about, for this child I have prayed, thank you, Lord. But a lot of times we forget, look, this was the next prayer. This was the next words of Hannah. She said, back, back, if we could back. go back one. Thank you, you so much. So now I give him to the Lord. And his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Look at the difference. Look at the difference between how Eli appeared. And listen, Eli's in a position of authority. And so are his children. So what we need to know is just because you have a position, it doesn't mean you're doing everything right. So what we're looking at, we want to have long-lasting positive influence and that's only possible if we're doing it under God's leadership. God's leadership is what uh, allows us to have long-lasting influence and that's what Hannah Elkanah did for Samuel. So look, that's a big difference. So with our children, that has to be our goal is that um, they're on loan to us and our goal is to give them to the Lord and let Him um, nurture them and mold them and to become their true self, their child of God's self is what it calls it in John chapter 1 in the message. So here's what we want to do. There are some results and here are the results that we're going to see from this different parenting styles. Eli's, it was pretty, it was pretty drastic. <sighs> God said, your sons will both die on the same day. Wow. He also said that that entire lineage was going to die out. Remember we said how important it is that a man's mm. lineage would, would continue? That was Elkanah's reason for having a second wife. Um, this is a huge deal, you all. Eli is being, um, he's facing consequences of not parenting properly. Um, uh, he did a little too late. He knew things were going on, but he didn't um, say anything to his sons. He let them continue to do things that were not right. And so their lineage lo- died out. It's, it's, a, it's a very drastic consequence. But look at what happened with Samuel. And the sa- boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Now, anybody... Does this look familiar? Mm-hmm. Does this look like a familiar verse? If you have kids in our youth program, in our elementary, you know what? They're the 252 kids. You know why? Because this, a Samuel, is a prequel for how God is making his story connect. Because that's what story does. Our brain needs to connect. So we get story so that we can connect things and make sense of it. Oh, is that just awesome? Okay, so, so this is a familiar verse. And so let's see where we see it next. Okay, it's next we see it in chapter 2 of Luke. So we're over in the New Testament, and this is about who? Jesus. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The way that Elkanah and Hannah parented, they were looking for long-lasting influence, long-lasting positive influence because they came under the leadership of God. And it lasted, it was even an influence on Mary because let's look what Mary does in this next scripture. We see this is a, uh, how, um, how Hannah and uh, Samuel were going. And so then the next one is that we're going to look. This is what's Hannah's song. Remember, she gave her baby up. 
She, she said, praise the Lord, but I'm going to give him to the Lord. She prayed and she said, my heart rejoices. We, the horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. There's no rock like our God. And then look what, that's the beginning of her praise. Let's see what the end of her praise says. Ah, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. That is one of the first references to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the anointed, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And that's in Hannah's song of praise because she came under God's leadership and she's got long-lasting influence. Yes! Mm-hmm. Y'all, I just need somebody to jump up here with me because this is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. We are going to have influence. You know, we sing that song, Blessing, on your children and your children's children. And your ch- This is what we're looking at right here. Yes, it makes me so excited. So, so Hannah, the end of her song is actually the beginning, isn't it? Because it's the beginning. It influences Mary. So now let's look at Mary's song. It's found in Luke chapter 1. She's just been told, you're going to have a baby. And now remember, Mary wasn't married. And this was going to be a holy child. And it was not going to be easy for Mary. It's not going to be easy in that situation either. But look what Mary did. It's, they're almost the same. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. For now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And I'm just going to say to you that when we come under God's leadership, that he does great things for us. That's what we want to look at. This is a prequel for Samuel. I just get so excited. Um, This is a prequel for Samuel, but you know what it's all about? You know what this whole book is about? It's about Jesus. And we got to meet him today. And we get to meet him every day that we just pour out our pain, pour out our needs, pour out whatever's going on in your life because he cares for you. He sees you. He hears you. He wants to be a part of your life. So today, if you want to have long-lasting, positive influence, I just want to encourage you to come under the leadership of God. Just come under the leadership of God, and He will guide you through it. He will bless you. You'll find favor. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm going to leave it with Jesus right there. And if you don't know the Wi-Fi password on the hill, it is all about Jesus. So we'll just leave it right there. Hey, in your meanwhile, in your meanwhile, see, I knew you needed to hear the story from her. Let me give you five take-homes because we all got meanwhiles, right? We, we all got stuff that we're stuck in the middle of. So in your meanwhile... Let let us give you these five things to take home. First of all, know God's character. In in the middle of your meanwhile, you just need to know God is God. God is God. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. One of the things Jesus told us as he was getting ready to leave is, I will be with you always, even till the end of this age. So know God's character. The second thing you need to do is to seek him in everything. Seek him in everything. I, I love, I'm sitting here listening once again, and we did this Thursday night, and we've talked about this at home for all week, and, and, and I'm hearing it again. And In the middle of all that Hannah was doing, she kept seeking God. In the middle of, in the middle of Penina being awful to her, she was seeking God. In the middle of her wanting to have a child, she was seeking God. In the middle of giving him back to God, she was seeking God. Seek God in everything. The third thing you need to do is this, is just remain obedient. Remain obedient. Here's the worst thing that can happen. As parents, we love 
We love instant obedience. We love first-time obedience. We say, go clean your room. We, we would love it, love it, love it, right? If immediately they hopped up and went and cleaned their room. First time. That would be wonderful, wonderful. Even when it's a struggle, we need to remain obedient to God. When we're remaining obedient to God as adults, we're modeling something for our kids. Mm -hmm. Remain obedient. The fourth thing that you need to do is this. Trust God's plans. Anybody got any plans? Anybody got plans for your future? You know, you need to trust God's plan. Trust me when I tell you this. This, this, this was not my plan. I ran from it. I ran from it as hard as I could that I didn't even want to do ministry. But if I hadn't done ministry, I wouldn't have met Kim. We wouldn't have been here. But you just got to trust God's plans because he has plans for you. Jeremiah tells us he has plans for us, plans to prosper you and to give you a future. And he also tells us, the Bible also tells us that his plans are not our plans and his ways are not our ways. His are better. Mm -hmm. His are better. So trust God's plan. And number five, the last one here is to praise God always. Not just when it's going well, but to praise God always. Because listen, if we can... (laughs) If nothing else today, we reassured you there will be some meanwhiles in your life. Mm-hmm. There will be those times that like you have those God, where are you moments. Those are meanwhiles. And even in those meanwhiles, we need to praise God. Because here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this right here. Even when life gets difficult, and we know we talk about it a lot, Right? Even when it gets difficult, we need to trust God in the meanwhile. In the meanwhile. Uh, We don't really know what your meanwhile is. Okay, some of you we do. Some of you we've talked about. And, And guess what? Some of you are in the middle of a meanwhile right now, and God's blessing. You've already seen it. You've already seen stuff going on that it has to be God. It's the only way it works out that way. It has to be God. And we need to learn from that. We need to share that. We need to pass that on. Because somebody might be going through the same meanwhile you're going through. And you need to be willing to be open enough to share that with people. And trust God. Trust God. Here's here's what we're going to do. Last couple weeks we've done this end of the service a little different. And we want to do it again today. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and, and, and Todd's playing, and, and, and Bobby is going to be over there by the cross, and, and Jason and, and Dennis, and some of our folks are around. If you need to talk to someone today about your meanwhile, Kim will be around. There. We got people would be glad to pray with you in your meanwhile, pray over your meanwhile. But we just want you to, like, do it with God do it with God. We can't fix it. God can. Okay. So I'm going to, Todd's going to play. I'm going to pray. And then Dennis, uh, our executive pastor is going to come up, make some closing comments. And we're going to get out of here and go love God, love people, watch him change the world. But even when it's done and people are leaving, if you need to talk to somebody, some of us will be around down front and we'll be glad to hang out and talk with you. Okay. Let's pray. You got to love you so much. 
God, I thank you for this story that has been painted for us so beautifully today to be able to see uh, the struggles of a family, the struggles of a woman who's trying to be the best woman of God she can be and a man who's trying to be the best man of God that he can be. And, and while there's mess ups along the way, Hannah was faithful and you blessed her. You blessed her not only with Samuel, you, you blessed her with more children after Samuel. You are faithful, God, and you will be faithful to us. And so, God, we acknowledge that there are those that are here today that are stuck in meanwhile moments. And, God, if part of that meanwhile moment is they can't figure how to get out of this because they haven't accepted you as their Savior and Lord, God, maybe this morning, right now, work in their hearts and and let us talk about that and let us see victories continue to unfold in people's lives. God, thanks for being faithful in the middle of our meanwhiles. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As Dave said, I'm Dennis Stowe, the executive minister, and some announcements you don't like to make, but some you do. Today is one that I, I love to make. But first, didn't Kim kill it here today? No. The great Dave Iffy. Right, but Kim... <laughs> um, but Kim has been here for as long as Dave's been here, That's right? And in that time, has been dealing with women's ministry in different, different parts of it, uh, in and out. Um, and as, we, as we've grown, uh, we're excited to say that we're, well, I guess elevating Kim, I don't know, but uh, to a part-time women's minister here officially at the church. <laughs> so... Um, one, thank you for all that you've done for the thank past you. however many years. And two, while we are like elevating her, like the job description is pretty much everything she's done, right? You know, um, but it's more of a, a sign of the church elevating women's ministry as a whole. Yes, yes. Right, and, and letting you know um, how much we think about that ministry and what it does for the family um, and, and everything. So, so we're just excited and pumped. Thank so you, um, thank you again thank you. for all that you do. <laughs> Um, and with that, guys, go out and love God, love people, and watch Him change the world. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Dennis.